Oh, wait a minute. Wait a minute. That's a terrible call. That is a terrible call. Yo, Celtics 10 and 0 at home, and I'm going to keep bringing this up until the home streak's no more, which I'm hoping will be all the way through the season. Grant Williams now has more three pointers than Ben Simmons in both of his rookie seasons. <laughs> and then we've got Indiana on the next game, coming off the back of a nice win against Cleveland. Gordon Hayward back in the starting lineup. Brendan, man, I'm joined by Brendan. Brendan's my boy. Brendan, how's it going, dude? It's going good, man. Uh, that Cavaliers game was interesting slash not really interesting because Celtics just ran away with it to start and never looked back. Like you mentioned, Gordon Hayward is healthy again, recovered from that hand and started in this game. We're back to our expected starting lineup of Kemba Walker, Jalen Brown, Jason Tatum, Gordon Hayward, and Daniel Tice. Hayward looked good. I guess we can start with him. Uh, he didn't look like, I mean, it's the Cavaliers, literally the worst defense of all time last year. So it's a good game to get back into rhythm. But he looked like he had a quick first step. He was aggressive in driving. And yeah, I'm, I'm feeling comfortable about how he's going to look coming back. doesn't seem like there will be too many growing pains. No issues running up and down the court either, which was a big tell sign of him last year. Another thing that was good to see was in the first when he had that turnaround jumper and it was nothing but net. That's when I feel like I was watching it and I was like, there's not much rust on this guy. Luckily, when it's a hand injury, though, you know, you can still keep your fitness up. You can work on your other hand. You can try and get some one-handed shots up. Dude was looking okay. I'm happy he's back. Definitely. And, and Jalen Brown had quite a game. Uh, we'll start with his offense. I mean, Sexton and Garland who have, like, the best duo nickname ever, by the way, of Sexland, um, they have no chance of guarding Jalen Brown. I mean, he was he started very quick, was able to just bully through those guys whenever, get to the rim, had some and-ones. He was hitting his shots. He had – do you know – do you remember his transition pass at the start of the game that he faked to, I believe, it was Tatum on the right and then actually gave this – Beautiful pocket pass to Hayward. That's the one where Hayward came up for the the layup, right? He come on and then he um he, was he reversed it. Kevin, yeah, being guarded by Love. Yeah, that was a gorgeous pass by Jalen. It was like a little risky. I mean, the Celtics throughout the whole game, I thought were being a little bit too flashy at times, but they were able to get away with it. But that was a beautiful pass from Jalen. And he caught Kemba with one as well, didn't he? The Kemp, the skip pass and just kind of bit too much on it for Kemba to catch on the break. Yeah, and Kemba gave him one also. There's some good transition playing this, actually. All throughout the entire team, they were playing fast on the break. Yeah, 18 turnovers for the Cavs lets you get out in transition. Uh, Celtics actually had 18 of their own as well, a lot of it being in that third quarter stretch. Um, third and I think start of the fourth as well. Cleveland had a little 17-1 to run. Celtics were up 83-54, to almost a 30-point lead. And then it was 84-71. They had to put Kemba back in the game. Kemba iced it real quick. Um, but you had mentioned uh, the defense of Jalen Brown, right? 
Yeah, he spent the majority of the game guarding Kevin Love. I feel like he's done a great, 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 great job in dealing up on Love. Yeah, he did. You know, this is the guy that a lot of the times he is the one guarding the four. And with Gordon back, that means no Marcus Smart in the starting lineup. And also Marcus was just injured tonight. So that's, yeah, that's the guy that's going to be guarding fours. And I thought that, like you said, he did a great job doing that. He didn't let himself get bullied all too much, even though Kevin Love is a little bit more of a perimeter guy rather than playing down low. But he, he did a really good job in that aspect. And I mentioned Jalen kind of just going through sex, sex, Sexland. Sure, yeah, I said the duo accidentally. Um, he also was going through guys like Tristan Thompson and Kevin Love. Like At this point, there's a lot of times where it feels like guys just – Jalen has a mismatch on so many people that are guarding him. He's become yeah, amazing handle, on the offensive end. Yeah, it blows my mind. He has this really nice double behind the back that he pulls out a lot often now. He's doing loads of different things on the offensive end at the moment that's blowing my mind. The way, like, when he's being guarded by a smaller player, like a one or a two, sometimes a three, depending on if the team's running small, he'll kind of hit them with that, that quick crossover and then drive and then kind of change direction or change his speed. When it's the bigger guys, I feel like he's learning to use their body to kind of shield, to kind of like shield the ball and then bounce back off them to get that, that nice little one-handed hook shot he's got going on. Yeah, I definitely see that. And I think that, uh, you know, they do something similar to what Russell Westbrook has kind of been criticized for his whole career of letting Jalen get the board. Since he is guarding those fours, a lot of the times he's the one down there. And he ended with 11 boards this year, or this game. Actually, I'm sorry, that's Tatum. Jalen had seven. Uh, they really let those two guys grab the boards, and we know that Tatum can bring it down on his own. But Jalen is really becoming a coast-to-coast threat because of that super tight handle that he's been showing off. Yeah, and if he can start hitting pocket passes like the one he did to Hayward as well, and we start seeing that playmaking ability, and if he's doing that at like full speed or three-quarter speed, He's a different animal altogether at that point. I mean, at the moment, teams are really struggling to figure out what what best way to defend him. You add you start adding a playmaking ability in there, and he starts transcending into another level. Yeah, the Celtics have four legitimate All Star cases on this team, and maybe we can dive into this at some point in an episode and look at how high they are in regards to the rest of the league on offense, but. I really feel like there's times where this is the best offense in the league. The versatility of the four top guys that they have and then a center that can just fit in and fill the role is is unbelievable. That early block by Tice as well. I think it was like one oh, of the opening plays. He sent of the game. it. Dude, yeah. man. I remember watching it and thinking if I don't mention this on the podcast, it's a travesty, dude. Yeah, he had three blocks. Jalen had a crazy block on uh on Clarkson and I don't remember who else was there that made Clarkson change the shot but Jalen just took it from him like he was a child and then ran transition with it um he had another great pin block where he pinned it against the backboard Jalen was great on defense this game as well I mean like I just love seeing it from this guy. There's gonna be I think Jared said this Jared Weiss of the Athletics said this on our last episode that you're pretty much guaranteed that two of these guys are going to have a good night. Two of the four. And that's all you need, right? 
it definitely is because it's not like shows up right in a bad night for the other guys they're still going to hit a few shots i mean you're gonna see there's gonna be nights where nothing clicks it it's gonna happen especially when we're against teams that you know like like the clippers for example that are just ridiculous on both ends of the floor it's it's gonna be interesting to see how over a series especially okay so the box is going to be a better example how we're going to evolve the game plan because at the moment it's very much get the ball and run that's not going to work all the time but i feel like because having hayward back and his playmaking ability kemba was showing a load of selflessness throughout that game he passed up a couple of good shots to get better shots like the second twice free there's too many options and too many possibilities on this team to, for everybody to have a bad game. Yeah, really. And, you know, an off night is going to be, oh, only, only Gordon was able to show up tonight. The rest of the guys really looked off or something like that. And, or it, like in that Buck situation, you know, their only real defensive thing that you could identify as a weakness, specific player would probably be Wesley Matthews. Um, and he's a decent defender. He's just older. But if he's guarding, I don't know who they would have him on. If he's guarding Gordon or or Jalen or Jason, really any of the four, they have an opportunity to expose that. But if that guy is off it, and he's the one that clearly has the mismatch, then that's where an issue could come from. Um, I wanted to mention, I thought Cantor was pretty terrible in this game like his defense is so far from passable there was a play when he first came on the floor and i think it was tristan thompson got the ball at the top of the top of the key and just drove dude not no stutter steps didn't zigzag it was just a straight line to the hoop and Cantor basically just moved out the way and it was yeah. frustrating. I mean, you know, I'm shout out to Max Carlin here of Celtics blog. And he tweeted this out that opponents shoot 12.9% better, better at the rim with Ennis Cantor on the court compared to off. It's in the zero percentile. So it's the worst of any player in the NBA and opponents shoot 2.3% more often at the rim. That's in the 24th percentile. You know, it, it'll get better, and part of that differential is that Tice has been great in that regards, but throughout his entire year, it's in that sort of 4 to 7% worse range with him on the floor. Like, there's moments where against a really quality team, they're going to just attack him on the defensive end every single time. Well, we're talking about bigs. We've got to have a semi-decent look at Vincent Poirier. He'd done okay, to be fair. Yeah, he was on during that rough uh, stretch there that Cleveland went on that run, so I don't think it was the best of looks for him. But he definitely is a big body. I think that he sets some nice screens. And, yeah, he oh, moves. Is. Yeah, he definitely. Yeah, yeah. Kemba was really setting guys up and having a good time tonight um, or the night of the Cavaliers game. So, I mean, he was on the floor for eight minutes, only scored four points, yeah. grabbed five boards as well, three and two. So, I don't think he's an upgrade on Cantor. That's not what I'm saying at all. But I want to explore the option a little bit more. There was times where Cantor was guarding Thompson on the defensive end, and some Thompson was still grabbing boards. And I know that's what Tristan Thompson does, 
He eats offensive glass. But isn't that the reason we got Cantoran in the first place? So we can shore up on rebounding on both sides of the floor. Isn't that his sole job? Yeah, it really is. And and the Celtics do run the offense through him a little bit. Have you noticed that? Yeah, he, he's actually run quite a few dribble handoffs lately as well, which they like to do. They do kind of utilize him on the on the post to try and feed back out or wait for backdoor cuts to happen so we can pass out. And he does okay at that, to be fair. He hasn't been too bad. Yeah, I don't think it's ideal offense, but you can go to it at times. Like against a Tristan Thompson, I don't know how much I love it. Um, but it's nice to have a little bit of versatility. The offense is okay from him, but like Poirier is an upgrade over Cantor on defense. Really, anyone is an upgrade over Cantor on defense. Um, I mean, with Cantor, when you're saying to run the office, offense for him, I like to think of him as a pivot point. So they'll pass it to him in order to pivot the ball to the next spot. And he, he's very serviceable at that because he's a big body. He can hold his man off long enough to try and find the next pass. But he can be really sloppy as well. I find his hands to be really poor. Really? I think the hands are one of like the better part of his games. Oh, at no, least not catching. Hands. Oh, yeah, defensive. His yeah. defensive hands, yeah, like... um. But even like when he's being fed a pass, if it's not, if it's a bit too high or if it's a bit too low, I've seen it slip too many times. Yeah, at times I definitely see that. Um, but yeah, the defense is is terrifying. Really, like that's <laughs> that's going to get exposed. Um, definitely is making me question if the Celtics would need a backup big to trade for. Um, I, I, that wasn't really a thought that I had when we were going through trade possibilities. And even I don't think a trade is that likely in general, but everyone loves to talk about it, obviously. Um, if anything, it's for a backup big, I feel like, unless obviously you're hoping that Robert Williams can come into that role. Yeah, I mean, we didn't see him. He was out as well. I still feel like we need to let him have his reps. If we're talking about bigs that can pass and that can initiate an offense, then Robert Williams can do that. He's only going to get better at that. His his defensive positioning, that's something that can be taught. It's not for a lack of effort. If you're bad on defense because you don't try, it's a problem. If you're bad on defense because your positioning's not great, that's not such a big problem. Yeah, and he has lateral capabilities. Like that's Cantor's issues is that his hips are like terrible. He can't turn them and he doesn't know how to slide his feet, it seems like. And he's just has no athleticism to him at all. So Rob definitely has the capabilities there as well. Yeah, I feel like Rob Williams is going to eventually become a really good caliber big. I'm not going to say high caliber because it depends how high of a ceiling he reaches. But he's definitely going to improve to a point where he's a solid rotational big man, at, probably at worst at this point. Yeah, that's definitely the hope. And if, if the Celtics have that, then I think their center rotation could look pretty nice here. Um, the grand baguette as the third string big man. There you go. There you go. Do you have any other, uh, any other notes from this one? Actually, I want to throw out there, dude. Shout out to Tristan Thompson. Like, this guy plays so hard for such a terrible team. Yeah, I want to know why people don't why we weren't fouling him more. He's so bad at the line. Dude. Oh my god, one of seven. One of them was like wide left, and Tommy was like talking some crap. <laughs> just hack him, dude. I mean, that. I mean, I couldn't. To be fair, it's not like we were in a position where we needed to be giving away fouls because we were winning. No, but Cantor can foul out for all I care. 
Yeah, dude. I mean, that's his most be... useful aspect on the defense. <laughs> the foul Tristan Thompson. It's true, though, right? It really is. If Cantor is down low against Tristan Thompson, Cantor just needs to wrap him up. I want to give a shout out to Kevin Love as well. He had a tough night. He had Jalen Brown and Semi guarding him for the majority. Yeah, Shemi was interesting. I forgot that Shemi guarded him a bit there. That one, he posted him up a little bit more. Yeah, but Shemi was holding his own, dude. Like, um, I remember one play, I think it was, I'm pretty sure it was in the late second or in the third. And basically, Shemi was just sliding his feet and cut. Every time that Love posted him up and went to, went to spin, Shemi had him in his bag, slid. Love had nowhere to go a few times, man. I like Shemi's defense. I owe Shemi an apology, man. I've done nothing but... What's the best way of saying it? I was very, very, very negative on Shemi Ojale's to start the year. He's yeah. proven me wrong. It's only a short span of games. He could always revert back to the Shemi that it was beforehand. But at the moment, he's looking like he's got a role on this team. I mean, he played 23 minutes last night. Yeah, and it, it wasn't blowout, obviously, but four steals in that game, that is, uh, that's very promising to see from Shemi. And he's shooting 37% from three this year. I mean, it's not on a crazy amount of attempts at all on 32 total attempts, but if he's hitting that shot, and the one that went down in that Cavs game was wet. It was nothing but the bottom of the net. Yeah, and then we got Daniel Tyus as well. He was having a terrible three-point shooting year, and uh, he hit two this game. It's going to help bump that percentage up a little bit. Definitely. I feel like he's been decent the last couple games, and especially at the top of the three. I feel like that is his, That's his spot. spot. That's his spot. It was his spot last year as well, if you remember. Yeah, yeah. And actually, he's hit his last three three three-pointers now. (laughs) Which is... After only hitting two the rest of the year. Over the summer, I was referring to him as the team's only stretch big. A lot of people were saying to me, he's not a stretch big. I don't know what you're talking about. Or, you must be crazy if you think that Tice is going to be shooting the three. I stuck with it. Even as the season started and he was shooting poorly, I genuinely think he's going to be able to, he stretches the floor. And the more he does that, the easier it is to catch him on lobs because defenders come out onto the perimeter and then hopefully he can get past them. Right. He's not going to be completely ignored. You know, like 38% from three last year is no joke. I mean, he only shot one a game. So it's not like this is on some crazy amount of attempts. Yeah, 67 total attempts last year. But I know going into the year, he said he wanted to keep that same percentage and double the amount of attempts, get it up to two a game. And yeah, like you're saying, he has some versatility to him there where you can't just completely abandon him. Yeah, and he's getting more minutes this year as well. His usage rate is higher. So you'd expect him to be taking more of those shots within the flow of the offense anyway. The next game that we got here, man, is against the Indiana Pacers. And what I want to ask you about this one is I have a theory on how the Celtics should defend this too big lineup of Sabonis and Miles Turner. Okay. So to me, like Sabonis is the five on defense on offense for the Pacers. He's the one banging down low. Miles Turner's hanging out on the perimeter, right? Not getting rebounds. It's not what Miles Turner does, but he shoots. So I think that you have Jalen, if he's the one guarding the four, which he usually has been, on Miles Turner, 
and then you put Tice on Sabonis. I'd agree. I think maybe is Smart already declared out for that game? I am not sure on that one. I'll try to look. I don't think they've released that yet. I don't think that'll be out until until tomorrow or today when this airs. But if Smart isn't to play, then yeah, I prefer to have Jaden Brown guarding Turner. I feel uh, the problem is if Turner does decide to come inside, he's, I feel like he might have his way a little bit with Jaden Brown, but that's why we switch everything. Yeah, and, and Miles Turner doesn't seem to prefer to come inside you know like he definitely would rather be shooting that three ball he doesn't have the best back to the basket game and he's not the strongest guy either so I I think that that could be interesting I I do worry about the rebounding of Sabonis Um, he's averaging 13 a game this year which is just absurd and if I remember correctly yeah he had 22 last game against the Clippers I want to give a public service announcement before we go any further. What do you got? When, <laughs> when games happen like this Pacers game and they play on a day that we usually record, which would be a Thursday, a Tuesday, and a Sunday, if they're on, like, what time is this one on, Brendan? It is on at 4 p.m. Your time. Let me make sure this is right. Um, yeah, so 7 p.m. Eastern time. Okay, which is like what? seven? Which is like midnight, midnight, and it yeah. probably start around about just before 15 minutes past midnight. So the game wouldn't finish until like 2.30 a.m. for me. We're not going to be recording. What we'll do is we'll record later in the day and release it for your rush hour drive home. There's only 11 games where that's going to affect the podcast release time. But I just wanted you guys to know now, and I'll remind you each time it's going to affect us, that because of that and because I'm not about to go to work on an hour's sleep, you will get the podcast. It'll just be a little bit later. Me and Brendan wrapped our brains on a way to get around it. It's just not possible. Right. That was what just happened with this Cavs game, and then I think it's happening again um, against that Philadelphia game, right? Yeah, it'll happen against Philly. I mean, the Cavs one wasn't too bad because it wasn't on a recording day. Right, so, yeah. Back to your regularly scheduled program. (laughs) But yeah, the Pacers are, they're definitely interesting. I think that rebounding could be a little bit of a question uh, going against this team, really just Sabonis, stopping that one guy. And aside from that, you know, Indiana has been a very strong defensive team, like they've always been known for. That's definitely their style. They're sixth in opponent points, steals, uh, fifth in opponent assists, so they really try to limit those, and fourth in opponent field goal, three-point percentage, and they are also second in their own two-point percentage. So they're definitely a team that likes to bang down low, and a lot of their short shots come from inside the arc. Yeah, 29th in three-point attempts. So the Celtics really, if they are able to take advantage of this defense, I think that they could run away with a quick lead. Malcolm Brogdon was such a good pickup, dude. Oh, my God. I was actually really critical of how much he got paid, but I have uh, been forced to retract those statements pretty quickly here. Dude, he's averaging, let's have a look, 53% from two. 
47% from free and then 94% from the line, dude. Yeah, well, 47% from the field and 34% from three. But What did I say from two? Yeah, you had uh, the field goal percentage was a three-point, but nonetheless, super impressive there. Seven assists as well and a steal with under three turnovers as being the primary playmaker. I wasn't sure if he could be a – a lot of my skepticism with that deal was that he was one of the highest, you know, just catch-and-shoot guys last year. He was great at it, but that was mainly his role. I think he ran the offense a bit in that second unit in Milwaukee, but when you're next to the, a player the caliber of Giannis where the offense just has to run through him fully, then I think it's easy for guys to – to look good when they're just efficient catch and shoot guys, but Brogdon has really been able to create off the dribble. Who are you expecting to guard TJ Warren? Um, well, okay, so we could go through the matchups here, right? So starting lineup is it, to start with Brogdon. Um, wow, I just realized this is a pretty big team. Yeah, the matchups are going to be a nightmare, dude. There's no Marcus Smart; it changes things a little bit. And then the question is, does Smart come off the bench? I think Smart is going to come off the bench, like we saw at the okay, beginning so of the year. In, yeah, so starting five. Let's start with that then. So who guards? How do you want to work it? You want to work it guard to to center or center to guard? Um. Well, okay. So we said the power forward in the center, right? Did we agree with that? That Jalen will guard Miles Turner and then Tyson Sabonis. Yeah, I agree with that. Okay, so then we have Jeremy Lamb. And Malcolm Brogdon. Hmm. Which one would you prefer Kemba on? I think might be the way to go about this. I prefer Kemba on Jeremy Lamb. I'd prefer Hayward on Brogdon. I think so. Um, and yeah, Hayward or Jason can be on either Brogdon or uh, Warren. Yeah, I think that's the best way. Hayward's, Hayward's the most versatile on defense and Brogdon's a handful at the best of times. Yeah, Brogdon's big too. I want to say that Brogdon is taller than than Jeremy Lamb. I'm gonna verify this here. Actually, I think they are the same height. Yeah, they I are. I believe but... I misread a stat. <laughs> you know how angry I am at myself. That man. was like five minutes ago, man. <laughs> it's been playing on my mind, dude. But how can I misread a stat? It's all good, man. It's all good. It's a lot of numbers. They get lost. No, they don't. It's just me. I'm <laughs> God. <laughs> happens it happens we've all been there just not yeah. on there <laughs> but yeah i think that makes sense and kimball will get a shot at his old teammate the two best guys leaving that charlotte team last year and they got terry rosie yeah charlotte got the best end of the deal apparently oh my god no shut <laughs> up <laughs> jesus dude they're just lucky that they have Devonte graham and that PJ, PJ uh, Washington has really come into his own. Is a lights-out shooter, which I did not expect. Um, but Devontae Graham is like the saving grace of that team. They're actually pretty entertaining. Miles Bridges, shout-out to him too. I think that he's, he's entertaining for sure, obviously, as a highlight reel. Um, but Terry should not even be the starting point guard on that team, man. He's just too patchy, dude. Uh, he's just not like a – he's a backup two-guard. He can't run an offense. The funny thing is, last year, we were saying to each other, he needs 
to be playing regularly and have a large amount of minutes to be effective. He's got those large amount of minutes. He's playing regularly and he's still not effective. We were wrong. Yeah, I really thought that, okay, like Terry having this starting role and in a front office and coaching staff with a lot of faith in him would do wonders for him. Yeah, like you said, uh, I was very wrong. Uh, yeah, I mean, the field goal percentage, like his percentages actually pulling it up here are a lot better than I thought they were. Um, for splits 43% from the field after 38 last year, dude is shooting 41% from three. Double check that. I'll just misread a three points that double dude. Check. No, I'm like, I'm triple <laughs> checking here because that blew my mind 41% from three on six and a half attempts. Maybe we were right, not wrong. Um, I swear he didn't start like this. This is crazy. We were right, Brandon. Take the win, man. Take the win. <laughs> right? Seriously. Okay, so what it is, is over his last nine games, he's 51% from three, right? No. Yeah. How over, many attempts? Over the last nine games. Um, let me pull that back up. Over... Like I said, the last nine games, 51% on seven and a half attempts. 19, no. 19 points. I don't believe that. <laughs> Four assists and two turnovers. So that's Where not new. Where are these stats from? Where are you getting that's these not stats new. It's basketball reference, man. Now it's lying, dude. And, okay, but the first 16 games was a little more normal Terry. 41% from the field, 34% from three. He needed those minutes. And you got to look. To be fair to the guy, and I say this whenever a player moves, you've got to get time. You've got to have time to get acclimated. Yeah, man, I didn't realize these last nine games he's been balling. We were right. Take the win. Let's move. (laughs) 34 minutes, too, on average in those nine games. Damn. Shout out to Terry Rozier. I got a scary Terry shirt and everything. Oh, man. Do you remember Wayne we used to podcast with? Yeah. Shout out to Wayne. He <laughs> Terry Rosie is like every episode he was a he was a participant on for like six months. He had to let people know he had a pair of scary Terry socks. <laughs> there you go. There you go. And then maybe I didn't we can't know much. No. So every year when the Celtics make it past the first round of the playoffs, I get something to represent that year. And for me, it's just a delivery fee, dude. Really? It's like $20. Oh, for you, right. Yeah, so it's like I'm paying like $35 for the shirt and then like another $20, $25 for the import. And then I'm going to get hit with taxes when it hits customs here. So it's like, yo, a $35 shirt is going to run me like $80. Yeah, that's a rough one. It's a rough one. That's why you're always telling me to send you that Dunkin' Donuts. You need to hook me up with that. I'm still waiting. <laughs> For any of the listeners, if you want to hook me up with Dunkin' Donuts, I'll be forever coffee, <laughs> grand coffee. I'll be forever grateful. My emails on my Twitter profile, my DMs are open. Hook me up. I am curious. Anybody, let us know on Twitter if you actually like Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Like, I know it's a staple in Boston. French vanilla, dude. Oh, French vanilla coffee is just, my, that's that's the go-to for sure. You know what? You guys get... um. You guys get those little milky creamers, right? You know the ones where you peel the, the, the Nestle ones? Yeah. We don't get them. If you want to hook me up with them too, my email's in my bio. My <laughs> DMs are open. <laughs> I'll bring uh, you on the podcast. There you go. 
But I get a different shirt every year, right? When they make the playoffs, when they go to second round. When after the year, um, what was it? It was a year with Isaiah. So it was not the year where Jason was a rookie, but it was the year before that. They still played the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals. And I got a shirt of the matchup. And I was so mad that they didn't put like, Isaiah Thomas in Al and um and LeBron James because those are the best two guys, right? But they put the two bet the second best guys for each one. So it has Kyrie Irving in a Cavs jersey and then Al Horford in a Celtics jersey. And I'm like, man, this is the greatest shirt now. Like ugh. that's prime vintage now, dude. Right. And it's only been like three years. At what point? I've always wondered this. At what point, like, okay, so I've got a Rondo jersey upstairs. I feel like that's at the point now where I can wear it again. But when a player leaves a team and he's still an active player... Wait, he's a Laker. You can't wear that. Well, this is true. This is true. But nobody here cares, dude. I'm in a country where nobody cares. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) But at what point does it become acceptable to start wearing their jersey again? Do you have to wait till they retire? Hmm. Retired or they're just like washed. You know, like yeah. if a guy's in the league but like not really having an impact. I mean like, my PS jersey I wore regardless, dude. Right. Like that that's a different story, you know, but like he was the gift that kept on giving. For sure. And once he's you know, when he's in Brooklyn, now you're still wearing a Pierce jersey at any point. But like w- riding with that example, like when he was in Washington, dude was washed, you know. He would hit some big shots at the end of games. Like he always does, man is the truth. But yeah, I think when a guy is washed or out of the league, like <laughs> I was about to throw a shot. He's a Laker, anyways. I feel like I can throw shots. Like Avery Bradley, dude is washed already. <laughs> he had a bit of a resurgence at one point and then just fell back off. Yeah, man, I loved that guy. I thought that he was such a perfect Celtic. I was, I was actually saying that that was a really big signing for the Lakers. I thought that he would do great at, like, LeBron can be the point guard on offense, and Avery can guard the point guard on defense. And, you know, it's been okay, but I don't know. Like, Avery always loved his mid-range shots. I'm sure you can remember Brad calling so many, like, little dribble handoffs that would lead into a small screen for A.B. He would pull up in a a somewhat long mid-range shot. But you were somewhat okay with it um i I thought that he was kind of consistent in in them but now it's like with the way that mid-range shots especially long mid-range shots get hounded he just gets so much crap for that and his shooting form is so smooth or was so smooth he used to have such picturesque shooting form it's true and it's not rushed it's like he takes his time but yeah i saw him play when i went to watch the clippers last year uh, I was in LA. I saw them. I saw him play against the Wizards, and he struggled in that game. I mean, John Wall was still active at this point. This was before the injury. And I remember saying to my friend that was with me, like, if you're struggling against this Wizards team, you, your time as a starter's done. Yeah, that's yeah. The Clippers have a special hatred for Avery Bradley. Especially since he went to the Lakers. Lakers fans were hyping him up this offseason. And Clippers are like, no, I'm telling you, he's terrible. He was, dude. When I was watching him, he was 
poor, dude. Yeah. I remember, and I was hyped as well because there was like Duck Rivers. Right. He was the last guy that was uh, on that 08 team. Or not, sorry, not on the 08 team, but he was with that core. He was with the big three. A quote I remember from when Rondo and Bradley were still on the Celtics when Stevens took over, and it was, Rondo was saying he was working on his jump shot more and more. I think he'd been injured at, one, at the point. And it's always stuck in my head. Rondo said, and uh, I forget who put this out in a piece because we're going back years. But he was like, I want to shoot like Avery. I've been talking to Avery wow. about his shooting form. If I could model my shot after anybody, I'd want to shoot like Avery. <laughs> That's just a shot at Ray Allen because Rondo was like <laughs> that for sure. He got the I mean, I've still got my Ray Allen jersey. at that point. I've got a Ray Allen jersey. <laughs> I um, bet you Rondo was staring Ray in the eyes when he had that interview. <laughs> on a video call. Just like, I want to shoot like Avery. <laughs> right. If I could model my shot after anybody. <laughs> That's such a Rondo quote. Oh, dude. I oh, mean, I love I, it. I, I, I wear my Ray Allen jersey, but that's only because it's a he got game one at a Celtics one. I wouldn't wear it. Okay. Celtics one. Right. I mean, it says Shuttlesworth, not Allen as well. Yeah. So I feel like I can get away with it a little bit. And, and I'll say the only reason we're kind of ranting here is because they just played the Cavs. And like, what else is there to really talk about? This is where you get to know us, guys. And For sure. I'm, I misread a stat. So I'm trying to hold that. <laughs> right. So we're done with stats. Yeah, we're done with stats today. I'm usually like, like guys, I'm usually like super up on this. Brendan and I, like, we talk stats all day. For me to misread one is sacrilegious. Brendan's <laughs> gonna get like thirty texts about this once we end this podcast. Like, I can't believe I did that. Dude. I'm gonna have a, I'm gonna have a meltdown. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. So anyway, we played the paces. <laughs> dude, they've got some. They've got sneaky good depth as well. I mean, most they've got like. I like TJ McConnell. Now that he's not a sixer, I can say that. Only five of their players that are getting regular minutes are scoring under six points a game. Yeah. Goga Bitadze. Is that how you say his name? Bitadze, I think it is. Bitadze? He ain't been great. Well, he's had a super limited role. I think the minutes that he has seen... I mean, he's getting um, 12 minutes a game, dude. It's limited, but I wouldn't say super limited. I understand he's probably not getting the usage. Yeah, and it's just been like variety to that. You know, I think that he's had he's had nine of his games with less than ten minutes, and then and then three of them with more than twenty. So it's a lot of like variability in the minutes that he's seeing. And he's I a young like, guy. I do like TJ McConnell myself. It's a pit bull. I definitely do. Yeah, he's a little he's a little hound, and you're guaranteed to see him dribble under the basket and then just keep dribbling around in circles like at least three times in a Dude, game. This team's still got Oladipo to come back. Yeah, which is crazy. Good for them, you know. And I really like Aaron Holiday, who struggled a lot to start this year, but I thought he was going to be such a good defender. Which the defense has been there, but the offense has really struggled for him, uh, mainly from the field because from three is at thirty eight percent, which is great to see. Um, and he's got his brother, who's the best shooter out of them all, probably just straight shooter, Justin Holiday, uh, almost 40% from three, but 39% from the field from Aaron Holiday is really where that struggle is. It's nice to see brothers on the same team, right? It's pretty cool, right? We've got it twice this year. Yeah. Is there more than two? I think it's just the two, right? You're thinking Brooke and, uh, Brooke Brooke and Robin. Robin? Yeah. Yeah. I, I Celtics, heard... Speaking of Robin Lopez, the Celtics, do they have a mascot? Oh, they have Lucky. Which Lucky isn't is the mascot. Like, 
is he a mascot? He is, but like he's not in a suit, you know? He doesn't need to be, dude. Have you seen the stuff he does? <laughs> it's true. The it's guy's true. a walking he should he should be in the Olympics. But what happens is that like what about when it's not that guy anymore? Like everybody yeah, knows. What about when he gets old, dude, and he's doing backflips with walking sticks? Right. It's his face that everyone knows. It's not the suit, you know. I mean a lot over the years they've moved more towards trampoline tricks than him just being a straight up gymnast. Dude, he's part of the trampoline tricks. That's what I'm saying. They've <laughs> moved to that more. Oh, right, right. I didn't say he turned into the trampoline. <laughs> right. I mean, he may do. Like, we don't know how long he's going to be fulfilling this role. Anything. Yeah, dude. He's, uh, imagine the work he had to put in. Yeah. <laughs> Let's try out to be cheerleaders. <laughs> do you think that guy just eats Lucky Charms all day? Dude, man, I Wait, did you say let's try to be cheerleaders? Yeah, let's do it, dude. Lucky Charms, dude, eight dollars a box. What? That's how much I get charged for Lucky Charms, bro. Why? Do you still uh, get them? On occasion, I'd rather <laughs> spend the extra three dollars and get myself a pack of a box of Reese's Puffs. There you go. Wait, three <laughs> more on top of it? Yeah, dude. It's like Eleven bucks. What yeah, the? That. With the conversion rate. Damn. I know, right? And I, I have to get them, though. They're a staple of my life. Oh, Reese's Puffs are good. They're fire. Well, I haven't had lunch, and I think we've talked enough. Guys, I'm sorry I misread a stat. <laughs> <laughs> Two episodes later, I still can't believe I misread that. Oh, that's going to happen, dude. <laughs> Like, it's never happened before. Every time you read a stat, I'm like, triple check, Adam, are you sure? I mean, I'm telling you, dude, like, when was the last time that happened? <laughs> like, when? Uh, who knows? Like, I might write it wrong, but I'll pick it up on a proofread, right? Yeah, no, I am one to misread. Oh, you said bad words, Brendan. Oh, I did. Oh, my God. That's getting bleeped out. <laughs> guys thanks for listening we'll be back again on friday with a far more structured podcast it will be late releasing due to the time the game plays and i like i like to actually function on a decent amount of hours of sleep feel free to tweet me so i'll wake up to loads of updates in the game we love interaction brendan and i love interaction interact yeah i want to hear the dunkin donuts takes yeah and definitely the dunkin donuts takes and definitely if you're feeling generous over this festive <laughs> season, I would kill for some French vanilla <laughs> ground Dunkin' Donuts coffee. Shameless, Adam. Shameless. Adam, yo, like, yo, DM me, get my address, send me anything and everything. Yeah, I mean, obviously, <laughs> just anything and everything Dunkin' Donuts ground coffee related. And creamer, dude. We need creamer. <laughs> Nothing Celtics related. I just want creamer. <laughs> This is creamer and Dunkin' Donuts coffee. All I'm saying is it's festive period and a little bit could help me last until the next time I'm stateside later next year. How would you feel if you got like some peppermint creamer? I'll deal holidays. with it, dude, as long as it, it depends if it's accompanied by Dunkin' Donuts ground right. coffee. Then right. What about in general? Because like I'm trying to bash on peppermint creamer here. Like, <laughs> I mean, I've never had it. I can't judge on something I've never had. We don't have that. Yeah. We don't have not peppermint that I'm thinking of. Like, dude, like Definitely this have. month, this month it got announced we're going to finally start getting French vanilla creamer. 
Oh man, that's like the creamer. I know, dude. It's like, I, and this is like powdered <laughs> creamer too. I live in the. Uh, it's what's going on. I'm not living in a third world country. <laughs> yeah, so you don't have French vanilla creamer. Do you know what I'm saying? What is wrong with the world? We got voting <laughs> this week. We, we vote in two days. I'm voting for whoever's bringing Dunkin' Donuts. If I wrote them an email, dude. Was Did Creamer on the ballot? Email? <laughs> no. I wrote Dunkin' Donuts an email. Like, I don't have the money to purchase a franchise, so will you front <laughs> me the cash to start a franchise? And I'll start one in my city. And I was like, I'm a huge <laughs> fan. I feel like it could really take off. What made you like Dunkin' Donuts? I don't know. We don't get it here. Right. And the Celtics just pump it up. Yeah. I mean, we have, um, yeah, the Celtics pump it, dude. And then um, when I was out in the States last, there was like a Dunkin' Donuts drive for like four minutes from where I was staying at. So every morning I had it and I went through every flavor they had, hot and iced. And then I came home and I didn't have it anymore and I got really sad. And ever since then. What do you like better, hot or iced coffee? Depends on the weather, right? When I'm, if I'm in like West Coast, I want iced. If I'm East Coast or back home, then I want hot. Right. I feel like you're cheating with that answer. I agree. It's the truth. I agree, but at the same time, like, is it ever hot and you'll still get hot coffee, or is it cold and you'll still get cold? My first coffee in the morning, no matter what the weather, has to be hot. Okay, that's fair. Right. I like hot coffee in the morning, but then if it's not morning, I like iced coffee. No, so when I say my first coffee in the morning, I could wake up at 6 p.m. And if it's not hot, <laughs> it, it okay, hot. right, okay, right. We've, we've digressed far too much, boys. <laughs> we're gonna go and we'll catch you again later. Thank you for listening. Please listen again. I won't miss a stat again, I promise. What say bye, Adam? Goodbye, everybody. Say bye, Brendan. Bye bye.